And welcome to uh, Back Chat this morning uh, with me again, uh, Jim Gould, and your co-host, uh, Anna Fenton. And uh, on Back Chat this morning, uh, we'll be talking about uh, the future of the aviation industry uh, here in Hong Kong and uh, elsewhere. Now that uh, Greater Bay Airlines has been granted a license to operate commercial flights for the next five years. Um, we do have uh, a number of emails uh, left over from uh, COVID update uh, before the news at nine o'clock. Um, I think I'll save them uh, till a little bit later because uh, we have uh, two guests uh, on the line now. We want to get into our second discussion. Um, and joining us are uh, Brendan Sobey, independent aviation analysts, and uh, Akim Cherney, associate professor, Department of Logistics and Maritime Studies at Hong Kong Polytechnic University. Um, good morning to you both. Uh, perhaps, um, 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 Brendan Sobey, perhaps uh, if, if we could uh, ask you first. Hello, good morning. Yeah, good morning. Good morning. Thanks, thanks, for, thanks, for, having th th thanks for joining us. So, um, so obviously, with the current uh, travel restrictions um, and pretty tight travel restrictions in Hong Kong, uh, um, a renewed ban on flights uh, from a number of different uh, locations uh, coming into Hong Kong, um, um, there is a big a question mark over the over the future, I guess, of the territory as an aviation hub, despite uh, uh, official commitments to make sure it happens and the, the third runway uh, are due to start operating sometime this year. Um, but uh, if I can just uh, mention a, um, a comment by the director of the International Air Transport Association, IATA, Willie Walsh, he said that uh, last month, he said Hong Kong's status as an aviation hub had been severely impacted by travel restrictions. Uh, uh, how do you see the picture? Well, I mean, certainly the short-term uh, outlook is very bleak. Um, you know, other hubs in, in Asia and, and, and globally before that are, are recovering. Uh, so Hong Kong is kind of being left behind in terms of, um, uh, you know, its, its, its hub status and its ability to compete with um, the likes of other other um, major international hubs. Um, you know, as Hong Kong relies entirely on, on international traffic, and uh, about a third of its traffic is also transit. So um, it, it's uh, it's really falling behind. And the question becomes: Is, is there long-term implications? The, the longer it takes for Hong Kong to kind of start recovering again and, and join the rest of the world in reopening, the harder it will be. To, uh, to recover, uh, in, you know, permanently uh, its status as, as a major uh, international hub. Um, so, I mean, it, 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 it's still possible to recover. I just think it, it just becomes more and more difficult the longer this continues. Uh, and, and also, of course, it depends on the politics in Hong Kong and the politics in China as well. I mean, Hong Kong still has... Uh a fantastic uh, location, right? More than more than half the world's population within a, a few hours, uh, within about four-hour flying radius, uh, something like that. I mean, uh, that, that 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 of course is going to remain the case, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it still has everything going for it. You know, and the infrastructure is in place. The airlines are there, so there's no reason for it not to recover. Um, but the problem is, 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 it just loses a lot of ground uh, in the meantime because of the current policies. And and then what happens permanently in terms of uh, uh, you know, the policy and the political environment, uh, could there be implications for that? I, I mean, I think Hong Kong will always be geographically well positioned. I think certainly it will be positioned as a hub for China when China does reopen as well, the mainland. Uh, but, you know, from an international level, when it comes to, like, competing for other types of traffic, that's not China traffic. Um, that's where the question marks would be, and that's where the concerns would be. It certainly has the potential to regain its status. It's just, um, you know, it, it's just it's the concern is that the damage will be so much that it will be very hard to recover that status if the current situation continues. 
Okay, well, also with us is uh, Akim Cherney from uh, Hong Kong Polytechnic University. Good morning to you. Yeah, good morning. Thanks good morning. for having me. Thanks for, thanks for joining us. So we, we mentioned uh, uh, Greater Bay Airlines uh, earlier, uh, which has been granted uh, a licence to operate commercial flights for the next five years. Uh, a lot of people may say that uh, you know, now's not the best time to, uh, to start uh, planning uh, uh, airline operations. But, I mean, um, will, will, will it be obviously thinking uh, longer term? Uh, absolutely. I think this is uh, a good time, actually, to do this. Uh, why? Because of the uh, expansion of, of the airport. Uh, I think something that um, many perhaps do not know is that uh, the, the airport was running at full capacity before the pandemic. And yeah. establishing a new airline was very difficult because as an airline, in order to operate, you need the sort of permits to use the infrastructure capacity and all these permits, all the capacity was fully utilized. So even if you want to create a new airline and grow a new airline, it was very difficult because of the capacity limitations. Now, with the opening of the third runway, this gives plenty of opportunities for growth for new airlines. And uh, so, yes, this is a good moment. Of course, um, the, the, the situation right now, as also mentioned by, by, by you and by Brendan and by many others, is, is, is terrible, right? I just saw that the number of passengers is, is it by, let's say, 1% of what is it, of what it was? 18,000 last week, I think, in total. This is, <laughs> this, is, this is unbelievable. And this is uh, not just for one week or so. This is now we are having a situation for, for a long time. I mean, uh, this is terrible. But how will it affect the, the future development? Well, um, I personally believe in a, in a bright future of Hong Kong. Uh, the Asia, the uh, not only Hong Kong, but I think we also have to think about the the Greater Bay Area. And also, I think what's very important, and sometimes it's a little bit forgotten, is we we do not necessarily think about the airport in the first place or the airlines in the first place, but about the residents uh, and the tourists and the people that want to fly and come to Hong Kong and the Greater Bay Area. And there's so much going on, and the Asia-Pacific region is the, the most dynamic region, especially also the greater the area, uh, among the most dynamic regions in, in the world. So I, I'm not at all worried about the future of, of Hong Kong and the greater the area as an aviation center uh, worldwide. Let me just say uh, uh, one other aspect, which I thought is always uh, interesting when we're talking about Hong Kong uh, as a hub. Um, the number, you know, typically we're talking about of a, of a hub as a destination of, of a place where passengers change aircraft from, uh, you know, to, they're coming from somewhere, they change the aircraft at the hub to get to their final destination. Transit. This, transit, that's right. So this makes about only about 30% of passengers in Hong Kong. There are other places in the world where Hong Kong, uh, there is transit or transfer passengers make like 70, 80 percent. So I, I don't think that this transit is actually the main point for Hong Kong. It's really like people want to come to Hong Kong and they want to fly from Hong Kong elsewhere. This is the main business. And I believe this is strong and it, it will stay strong. Could, could I just pause you guys? Is, if one of you's hands free, could you ever get directly on the phone? Because we're getting a lot of interference. Uh, 
I am, I'm getting, I'm, I having the headphones here. Uh, I plugged in the headphones, so I okay. don't think. Okay. Okay. Just sounds yeah, like you're I, underwater. It's okay. We can hear you. We can hear you all right. It's just uh, just that's a bit better. of it's, interference in the background. Yeah, that now. sounds like that's better. Um, Akim Cherny, what about uh, Brendan Sobey's point though? I mean, uh, the the longer uh, this downturn goes on, the longer it may take to be able to uh, get things back up and running fully again. Or or do you, or do you think it could be? Uh, do you think it could be pretty rapid once um, you know once uh, the, the virus situation's over and flights resume? want to uh, shorten the period as much as possible, right? I mean, it's not helping, that's for sure. Uh, but will there be sufficient capacity to ramp up operations and to to uh, serve pent-up demand? I, I, I believe so, but uh, we'll see. But I, I, I definitely, uh, no one wants it, right? The current situation, no one wants it. So if we can shorten it and do the shorter, the better. So it is what it is, but uh, does it mean that it's sort of uh, we are at risk of, of, you know, having not sufficiently many flights or serving the passengers again and, and the pent up demand? I, I don't, I don't, I don't think I don't. I'm, I'm not too worried about that. Even though the pilots are out of license now in many cases because of not enough flying hours. Uh, of course, again, I mean, of course, it's complicating things. It definitely is. So let's talk about the about Greater Bay Airlines here. It's um, you know, it's it's a story we've all heard before. Freddie Laker, these these uh, magnates. This this guy Bill Wong is a property uh, magnate from Shenzhen, isn't he? He's called the Li Ka-shing of Shenzhen. So he now wants to have an airline. So he's got three seven three seven eight hundreds, I think, talking about acquiring thirty by twenty twenty six. It's got one hundred and four routes with unlimited frequencies. But are we going to see, um, you know, quiet, uh, quiet stalling opposition from Hong Kong Airlines and Cathay as, as, you know, they still haven't got their final license. Remember, they, they said they'd be up and running on October the 1st with the first flight to Beijing with lots of fanfare, but didn't happen. You know, it's always difficult to get a new airline off the ground. How do you think it's going to function in this in this climate? Uh, yes, it is. It is. But on the other hand, it should be welcomed. I mean, having a healthy competition for passengers is is a good thing. And again, with the opening of a third runway, there's there will be plenty of capacity for other airlines to grow. And it doesn't necessarily mean that they will be competing head to head, right? Of course, that's something that the airlines try to avoid. They try to generate and create new, open new markets where they have their own customer base, and this will help mainly. The, the the people that want to fly from Hong Kong or from the Greater Bay Area to other places in the world or come to Hong Kong uh, or the Greater Bay Area. So I think, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a good development. Mm -hmm. Brendan Sobey, Greater Bay Airlines. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, I mean, it, it has to be pointed out that you know that Greater Bay will start small, like any any new startup. So. So, uh, you know, the idea here is, you know, wouldn't be too much capacity, uh, you know, during this period where, where Hong Kong hasn't started recovering or, or in the initial phase of recovering, hopefully, um, you know, which will happen hopefully later this year or next year. So by the time they get to a certain size, uh, the market will hopefully uh, be, you know, recovered or, or nearly fully recovered uh, and, and there will be room for, um, for, for, for the additional capacity uh, 
Bay's there, like that people always forget about. A lot of people are just talking about how Greater Bay is going to pick on Cafe or impact Cafe. I, I don't really think so. I, I mean, I think there's room for everyone. There's, there's, you know, especially if the market recovers. I think there's uh, if each airline's positioned differently. And I think if you look at Greater Bay, um, actually, it's kind of positioned more similar to to what Hong Kong Airlines was positioned at least before the pandemic. Um, in terms of its business model, in terms of its network, etc., and Hong Kong Airlines, uh, you know, part of the Hainan Airlines Group, which has had a lot of financial issues. Obviously, uh, there's a lot of uncertainty. You know, what size it will come back. Uh, you know, after the pandemic, once its current hibernation period is over. Um, so there's there's um, there is room generally uh, if the market fully recovers, um, but um, we just all have to hope that the market does fully recover. And it's it is a lot more than about transit traffic, as we were talking earlier. Uh, Hong Kong as a destination has to recover. Um, the airport relies uh, on inbound traffic uh, visitors from, uh, for about 46% of its total, which is um, you know similar to places like Singapore as well, similar breakdown where you have about 30% transit, 30% outbound, and 40% inbound. Outbound is, is very competitive. Uh, you have to be competitive as a destination, so um, so that that has to that has to return. And right now, you know, the longer that Hong Kong takes to open that, that there's implications there on how it can recover as a destination. So if it recovers as a destination, then Hong Kong will recover fully uh, from a market perspective. Um, and then, there, then it becomes a battle of, you know, the competitors, to, you know, uh, post-pandemic, basically, and Greater Bay will be among those. And what about the prospects for Cathay Pacific? I mean, obviously, the, the airline's been having a torrid time uh, during the pandemic. Uh, many of its uh, employees, uh, many of its... Uh, uh, cabin crew had to take you know fifty percent pay cuts and so on. Um, um, what, what about Cathay going forward? Cathay's outlook is, is still pretty strong. Sorry, uh, uh, the um, so I mean the I think you know the uh, situation at Cathay currently is extremely severe, extremely dire, but it's well financed. You know, the Hong Kong government you know has has helped bail out the airline and taken over mm-hmm. a stake, but. Uh, Air China's in there still. Um, Swire's still in there. Qatar has a, a minority stake still. Uh, it, it's, it has it has a very strong brand. It's an iconic brand. Um, so, and it has the cash to to, to run its prices. That's why I think Hong Kong Airlines is more a question mark. Uh, the long term outlook for Cathay is still, is still relatively strong, and I don't think it will be too affected by Greater Bay. Okay, uh, we've got a caller, Jeff. Good morning. Hi. Good morning. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. I have a um, a question for the uh, for the guests, and I'm I'm wondering if you also feel that actually the effect of the extended uh, closures in Hong Kong are not so much on the home based carriers. The home based carriers can restart their routes whenever. I think my fear is that the international carriers will have allocated all of their equipment, all of their airplanes to other new routes by the time that Hong Kong opens up again, and we may not see a diversity of services from all the international carriers who used to fly to Hong Kong. If they used to fly to Hong Kong, say, daily, but then all of their flights are moved to another Asian hub, you know, they may only have enough airplanes to come to Hong Kong, say, three times a week in the future. To me, that's the main concern of this extended... Um, closure that, that we've had in Hong Kong due to our COVID policy. Okay, uh, this is uh, Jeff Bent. I know you have a, a background in aviation. Um, can we p- put that point first to uh, Akim Cherney? Yes. Uh, so I think this is uh, this is a very good point, uh, uh, of course, and it, it kind of touches the issue that 
we have been discussing before on the role of transit versus origin destiny or passengers that you know want to fly or to Hong Kong or from Hong Kong elsewhere. And I, I think when it comes to transfer passengers, transit, so to say, okay, so, you know, you want to fly to some other place and then you search a place for transit, then of course, right now, Hong Kong is not the, the sort of the best place. But when it comes to um, the, 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 the traffic to Hong Kong, will other airlines or sort of develop their services to, uh, you know, when they fly to Hong Kong. This really depends on how strong is Hong Kong as a, as a, as a, as a destination, so to say. And, you know, if there is a market, if there is a strong demand from people who want to fly to Hong Kong and want to fly out of Hong Kong, the airlines are, are coming. Uh, this is uh, because they can earn some revenue, some good revenues there. So if there is a demand... Uh, a high demand, a sufficiently high demand, then the supply will also uh, I, ramp up. So I, I, I'm, I'm I not agree. Sure. Okay. I, I agree that it's a great origin and destination market in Hong Kong. A lot of people wanting to fly to and here, but then when I think of of an airline like, say, Finnair, that started with three flights a week to Hong Kong, moved up to five flights a week to Hong Kong, moved up to daily uh, before the pandemic. You know, as they start reallocating their aircraft to flights to other places in Asia, by the time Hong Kong opens up again, you know, they might not have the aircraft to put on as frequent a service as they did in the past. And that and that applies, of course, to all these foreign carriers, not just to mm. the thin air. Mm. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, may I? Okay. So, may I respond? Well, I, I think, um, again, I think ultimately it's really like, if there is a demand, the supply is going to come. There may be some difficulties, right? I mean, you, you open up some other routes, you're trying to find some alternatives while there is a, a difficulty, while there are difficulties to serve the Hong Kong market as it is, as, as, as we are seeing it right now. Uh, but once the situation changes, then people become right, quite creative and, and they're, they're good and smart people behind that and they try to you know, make the best money out of their aircraft, which is very expensive. And if this is, if it means that flying to Hong Kong, they can earn a better profit, that's what they are trying, that this is what they will try to achieve. And we're not only talking about, by the way, the given aircraft fleet right now. Some of the big issues is the, you know, where will the future aircraft be deployed? And most of the the the, uh, the new aircraft fleet will be going to the Asian to the Asian region. This is where we are here in Hong Kong, of course. And uh, so, you know, there will be a lot of new aircraft coming into the market, and they also have to be deployed. And hopefully, many of them will be flying to Hong Kong or from Hong Kong. Okay, uh, uh, thank you, Jeff. Uh, um, a few more messages from listeners here. Uh, this one says, uh, this one. Uh, from Richard says, uh, this is the live count of airframes in the air at 9 a.m. this morning. CX-14, Qatar, 121. This is the damage being done to CX. FYI, Qatar Airlines is 1.15 bigger than CX, uh, Cathay Pacific. But also uh, owns a chunk of Cathay Pacific. Mm, mm. 
And Andrew says, uh, uh, do the aviation experts find it as, as surprising as I do that uh, Greater Bay Airlines has selected the same corporate colours on its publicity photos as Hong Kong's flagship airline, Cathay Pacific? One of its two turquoises is, is identical. Interesting branding decision. Um, any, any, any thoughts on that from uh, uh, Brendan? Yeah, no, I have I, not too many thoughts on that. I, I mean, I don't think it's necessarily coincidental and it would be impossible to prove something like that anyway. Um, okay. uh, but, I mean, obviously, it, it's, it's a competitive market and, um, you know, the, the airlines will, any airline will try to uh, market itself uh, as effective uh, as possible uh, to try to, uh, you know, gain some kind of traction. Uh, and right now it's about building this brand. Because there, there is virtually no demand, of course, at, at the first at, at the first uh, point we were making about the number of flights in the air at the moment. So um, it's just about, you know, building traction um, as a brand rather than uh, trying to actually sell tickets at this point. Okay, and, and John writes, uh, can you please ask your guests, uh, what is the future of Cathay Pacific? Do they expect that China, through Air China, will eventually take full control of the airline from Swire? They now have 30%. Mm, mm, yeah. Um, Akim, Akim Cherney? Um, yeah, this is something I, I, um, I, I don't know, uh, but uh, I, I'm always wondering. Uh, I, th I think the, the situation right now for, for all carriers that are based in, in Hong Kong and, and, and also Cathay Pacific, of course, is really difficult for such a long time. And, uh, you know, I'm really um, amazed, you know, they somehow... Uh, how how they manage this i think this is it's a very difficult situation and but they manage i mean i'm i'm really um yeah so okay okay how, 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 yeah uh, well what one more from uh, one more from richard says uh, uh, everyone thinks the third runway is going to be the goose that lays the golden egg it's not the runway that's the issue it's the airspace surrounding clk cheplapcock it's just so tight. You have Macau, Shenzhen and Zhuhai all operating in very close contact with each other. All the third runway will allow is the closure of one of the other two runways for maintenance issues without reducing the arrival and departure of aircraft, so enabling two operational runways in use all the time. Um, I know that the what they call the, the three runway system is supposed to be uh, up and running by 2024 and the, 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 the new third runway was meant to start operating this year. But uh, um, um, how, how is that system uh, going to work? Um, Akim Cherney. The airspace is, is certainly an issue, but um, and I'm not really an expert in air navigation, um, but yeah. I hope that they will be able to accommodate these these aircraft, uh, the, 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 the airport expansion. I mean, the number of runways uh, by 2035 in the Greater Bay Area is expected to be around 13, five runways in Guangzhou, three runways in Shenzhen, three runways in Hong Kong. Uh, and uh, so there's a lot of you know, there's a lot, the, the air tra the airspace will be will be very busy. So that is that is a challenge. But I I hope and and, and feel that this will uh, can be done. 
Okay, well, thank you both uh, very much for speaking to us uh, on the programme this morning. That was uh, Akim Cherney, Associate Professor at the Department of Logistics and Maritime Studies at Hong Kong Polytechnic University. Thanks also to Brendan Sobe, an independent aviation analyst. Uh, thanks very much for your insights uh, on the issue of uh, Hong Kong as an aviation hub. Um, um, I have a few more emails to read out just before we get to the end of the programme. These are relating to what we were talking about uh, on COVID update before nine o'clock um, on the plan to uh, have a universal testing programme for everyone in the Territory and uh, other COVID-related issues. Uh, this one from Guy says... Um, under the headline, triple vaccinated elderly safe routine to be shattered, says uh, my wife and I, uh, long term Hong Kongers, both in our mid 70s, are triple vaccinated and have been following a safe routine throughout the pandemic. We have curtailed all social and sporting activity and only leave our home to walk our rescue dogs, do essential shopping, occasionally meet a triple vaccinated friend or, or for a socially distanced meal and to attend specialist outpatient clinics for significant medical treatment. What is now to be our reward for our civic responsibility and good sense? To be forced by the Lam administration to leave the safety of our home and queue up with strangers, many of whom may not be vaccinated at all, possibly not correctly socially distancing and either at the mercy of adverse outdoor elements or indoors in inadequately ventilated premises. In all likelihood we will be exposed as never before to COVID-19 during this thrice repeated and we believe pointless and cripplingly expensive exercise. Uh, that, uh, that from uh, Guy. Uh, uh, Phil says uh, now that we are conducting universal compulsory testing it would be prudent to also set up vaccination stations at all testing locations so that all identified non-vaccinated persons can be given the opportunity to get vaccinated. Um, and uh, John says, uh, presently the uh, HA are testing each person twice, but how many cases are confirmed negative by the second uh, PCR test? Uh, um, so, uh, Guy, my advice to you is to get there early in the morning. Well, and also, we, we don't quite know what the arrangements are going to be yet, do we? And I think the, uh, the administration has acknowledged that uh, it'll have to be done carefully because you don't want, obviously, too many people all lining up in the same space at the same time. So let's see what the uh, arrangements and the plans will be for that. Um, one more here on the budget. Uh, don't forget, it's budget day today and we'll be... Uh, Radio 3 will be carrying the budget speech uh, live this morning at 11 o'clock and we'll also have a, a live uh, relay of the Financial Secretary's uh, news conference this afternoon. Uh, but David says, uh, got a, a proposal, give everybody the $10,000 cash voucher and then tax it back in salary and rental tax. Those that cannot afford it, get it. Those that can afford it, lose it. OK, thanks for that, David. Um, thank you to all of our listeners. Um, if I didn't get time to read out your email, uh, sorry about that. Uh, we do get occasionally e uh, troll-type emails with uh, uh, what look like made-up names and email addresses which may have been invented for the purpose. Uh, they wouldn't get read out. 
Um, thanks very much, uh, though, to all of our regular uh, listeners. Uh, and thank you to you, Anna, and thanks to our producer, Yuki. And before we go to the news summary and morning brew, um, a quick look at the weather. Uh, it's going to be uh, cold and cloudy with one or two light rain patches in the morning. Uh, sunny periods uh, in the afternoon with a top temperature of around uh, 14 degrees. A moderate to fresh northerly winds. The outlook uh, mainly fine with temperatures rising progressively in the next few days and the temperature difference between day and night will be relatively large, remaining cold in the morning on Thursday and Friday. It's currently 11 degrees, humidity 79%, and the cold weather warning remains in effect. Let your ideas shine. If you are between 18 and 35 and have bright ideas, through the Member Self-Recommendation Scheme for Youth, you can self-nominate to join government advisory committees to share your views on different policy areas. Let's work together and move Hong Kong forward with bright new ideas. Member Self-Recommendation Scheme for Youth. Enroll in the scheme by March 15th. Learn more now at hab.gov.hk. The new summary with Andrew Shirovsky. The Financial Secretary, Paul Chan, will deliver his budget later this morning amid calls for further economic stimulus. As Hong Kong battles the most serious wave of COVID-19 to date, different groups say more consumption vouchers would help people and businesses. The United States and Canada have joined the European Union and Britain in imposing new sanctions on Russia. The coordinated action is in response to Vladimir Putin's decision to recognize two areas of eastern Ukraine controlled by Moscow-backed separatists and order troops to be sent to both. And three men previously convicted of murder over the fatal shooting of a black man in the U.S. state of Georgia have been found guilty of a federal race hate crime. The three are already serving life sentences for the killing of Ahmad Arbery in 2020. The court earlier rejected a plea deal after Mr. Arbery's family objected. I'll have more on these and other stories at 10 o'clock. Stand by for the brew. Uh, sociology prof from the university. Set and costume designer. Great interpreter of Beethoven. As well. Oh so shy, quiet and retiring doggy council co-founder of Rockefeller Records. Hello. This is a really for adults. This is not really for kids. Good morning. Yeah, well, it's fun, you know. Hello. Decipher what's happening behind the myth. Good morning. Inter- interviews and also observations. Absolutely no way. On your radio and live online, this is The Morning Brew. Good morning to you. Well, it's time once again for Morning Brew Light. As today, at 11, we're going to be broadcasting the 2022 budget live here on Radio 3 with an overture from Maestro Peter Lewis. That'll be about five minutes to 11. However, as Colin Tutchin has broken his microphone and couldn't have been with us anyway before, we're going to have time at 10.10 for everyone's favourite stocking filler. Mmm... Yep, it's another news just in Marshy Movie Time Extra as James weighs in on the Academy's controversial announcement just a couple of hours ago. And it's a bit odd, this one, that eight of this year's Oscars will be pre-taped ahead of the live broadcast. Right, anyway, he'll explain that. Join him on Facebook Live, as always. Here's a nice song about money for you.
You got vision. 